Welcome back to Dating Intentionally. I'm Talia. I'm a dating coach, and I'm sharing no-nonsense advice for navigating modern dating with confidence and ease, whether you've been on dozens of dates or you're just getting started. I believe dating can be fun, even when you don't feel the spark. Before we get started, I just want to say thank you for all your amazing feedback and comments on last week's episode featuring my fiance, Johnny, where we talked about our engagement story. I'm sure he'll be back maybe after the wedding. And if you're listening to this on the day it comes out, I want to wish you a happy Valentine's Day. This week, I'm celebrating by making dinner for my friends since Johnny is out of town. I'm thinking heart-shaped pizzas or maybe pizzas with heart-shaped pepperoni. Sounds like a labor of love, I know, but isn't that what Valentine's Day is all about? Just a reminder that if you're single on Valentine's Day, you get to pour a ton of love into yourself. The money you'd be spending on a date or a gift for someone else, you get to spend it on you. It's just a day. And who knows, maybe by next year you'll have someone to celebrate with. At least that's what I'm here trying to help you with. So with that said, let's get into today's topic, which is sparks versus chemistry. We're going to talk about what they are, what they mean, and what to look for in dating. And I have a question for you. If you're listening on Spotify, there is a poll that you can scroll down and vote on, or you can answer a question down there. But my question for you in general is, when you date, are you focusing more on sparks, chemistry, or compatibility? Let's start with the spark. So I asked you on Instagram to share your definition of the spark, and here's what you said. By the way, you can slide into my DMs anytime on Instagram at dating.intentionally. You said that the spark is instant physical attraction. The spark is more about lust and desire. You said the spark is more of a reaction and it's not always a good thing. The spark is a short-term heightened feeling of excitement and it's the beginning of attraction. I definitely agree with all these statements about the spark. And I think we can all agree that the spark is a strong feeling of initial attraction. So why are we so obsessed with chasing the spark? Have you ever gone out with someone and decided to not see them again because you just didn't feel the spark? Or maybe someone has said they didn't feel the spark with you, maybe in an anti-ghost text. I feel like when we start dating, like early on in our journey, we get really wrapped up in this. And then as you learn more about dating, you understand that the spark doesn't have to be present for a strong connection and it takes time to show up sometimes. Here's one of the reasons why focusing on initial sparks and attraction is so dangerous. Have you ever watched any dating reality TV shows? Love Island, F-Boy Island, Love is Blind, Bachelor in Paradise. These are all great examples. So on these shows, typically in the first episode, everyone shows up looking incredible and contestants size each other up based on looks and maybe a little banter. There's a lot of focus on what's your type and people technically pair off with whoever matches their physical type. Then as the season progresses, each couple tends to face a good amount of conflict. Why? Well, mainly that their decision to pair off was based on attraction and sparks alone with no regard to compatibility or connection. I don't want this to happen to you. It happened to me. My ex and I had insane sparks on our first date. It was one of those first dates where in the middle of the date, he asked me if he could kiss me and that just blew my mind. Talk about fireworks. I was extremely attracted to my ex early on and I was 23. I didn't care about compatibility or emotional availability. I didn't know what my needs were. I just knew this guy was really attractive to me and we went from there. Looking back, the signs of long-term incompatibility were there in the beginning, especially on an emotional level. We had some major conflicts very early on that I totally swept under the rug to keep things going, but also at 23, I didn't know better. I know this is just a personal anecdote, but we see it over and over again. We meet someone and sparks fly only for the relationship to burn out. That doesn't mean if you have sparks with someone, it will always crash and burn. 
It just means that maybe prioritizing it and looking for that alone is not the best approach to finding a healthy long-term relationship that lasts. Here's what's happening in your brain when you feel a spark. When we feel a spark, our brain releases chemicals that create both a stress and reward response. Does that sound familiar? Like when you feel a little anxious around someone you find really hot? What's happening is your brain is releasing hormones that trigger strong feelings of happiness combined with your fight, flight, and freeze responses at the same time. So that's a fun little neurotransmitter cocktail that makes you feel really good, but also a little on edge. We'll get more into this later, but when we develop more of an attachment bond with someone, there are different neurotransmitters in the mix. At the end of the day, everything that's happening inside of us and our brains when we feel attracted to someone and develop these emotional bonds is meant to help us survive as a species. So you're normal for having all these chemical reactions in your brain. We all have them. But here's the thing about the spark, which is truly just a series of chemicals being released in our brains. However you want to define it, I need you to stop not going out with people just because you didn't feel the spark on the first date. If you had a good time and you didn't run into any major deal breakers, then go on a second date. Your search for a spark is making it harder for you to date and find a compatible match. I also want to point out that you do not need the spark to feel physically attracted to someone. It's part of attraction for sure, and attraction is very important, but if you're dating someone and you don't feel an overpowering sense of attraction, that's not an immediate deal breaker. I want to talk more about why you feel attracted to someone and why you don't, but first, I just want to share what Logan Yuri has to say about the spark, just in case you're still skeptical that the spark must be present in order for you to explore a relationship. So Logan Yuri is a behavioral scientist turned dating coach, and she is the author of one of my favorite dating books, How to Not Die Alone. There's a chapter in her book called Fuck the Spark, where she talks about the three myths of the spark. The first one is that the spark can't grow, which it totally can. The second myth is that the spark means something, which it doesn't. It doesn't like just because you feel the spark on a first date does not mean that relationship is going to pan out. Because some people give everyone the spark, especially the attractive, charismatic, and charming types. And the third myth is that the spark leads to a viable relationship, when in reality, the spark accounts for such a small percentage of an entire relationship. We feel the spark when we meet someone or like maybe early on, but there's a lot more to a relationship than how you felt when you met them. How you feel when you meet someone honestly doesn't say a lot about if their relationship will be stable or healthy for you. At the end of her chapter, Logan, who I hope to have on the podcast one day, encourages folks to look for a slow burn over a spark because a slow burn type connection is more likely to last. It might take more time spent with them to feel romantically drawn to them, but it will likely last longer. Logan talks a lot about how people pass on potentially amazing partners because they didn't feel the spark. So if this is you, I hope you can set aside your desire for the spark and focus on other aspects of building a connection with someone like compatibility and chemistry, which I'm getting more into later as well. Let's talk about attraction really quick. Why do we feel attracted to some people and not others? When I say attraction, I mean physical or sexual desire, feeling drawn to them physically. This is not something you would feel with a friend, right? This is a romantic attraction. I mean, maybe you would feel it with a friend, but you know what I mean? This is in the romantic context. There are five aspects of attraction. Physical attractiveness, similarity, like how similar someone is to us, reciprocity, proximity, and familiarity. When you think about it, it makes sense. 
We develop attraction to people who are kind of like us in some ways or remind us of loved ones, whether that's a close friend, past love, or a family member. We also tend to feel attracted to people who probably share experiences and traits with us like race, culture, education, and stuff like that. Another aspect to feeling attraction is that we're influenced by what others define as attractive, like how today's beauty standards for everyone are pretty much set by movies, TV, and social media. And the last thing is that we're more likely to feel attracted to people we believe they'll feel the same way about us or people we have repeated exposure to. Have you ever developed a work crush? Part of it is because you see and interact with them daily. That's the proximity coming into play. All of these factors of attraction kind of add up to choosing people we think we'd feel safe around, especially if there's that familiarity and similarity in the mix. One takeaway I have from learning about attraction and sparks and all this stuff is the importance of repeated exposure. We might need to meet someone a few times before we start feeling any familiarity, especially when we're dating from the apps. And sometimes we need to spend more time learning about someone to discover other similarities when it comes to our cultures, backgrounds, and beliefs. So how can you apply this to dating? Well, give people a few more dates, even if the initial attraction isn't strong and even if you don't feel the spark. Let's talk about chemistry. When I asked you on Instagram to share your definition of chemistry, you said it's about alignment and connection. Chemistry is more of a vibe and it's something that is developed with time. I absolutely agree. There are several types of chemistry you can experience in various relationships, even non-romantic ones. You have intellectual, emotional, physical, social, and sexual chemistry. I think about like think about two podcast hosts you love to listen to or two actors on screen you love watching. Sometimes they have a quality, a chemistry that shows up in how they work and talk together, but it's not necessarily romantic. But this is a key part of developing a long-term relationship, and later I'm going to share tips for intentionally developing chemistry. I think where we screw up is jumping to the conclusion that there's no chemistry after one date or one interaction. Are you sensing a theme here yet? When I was getting to know Johnny, my fiance, it felt very different than when I got to know my ex. It was a slow burn, but we had chemistry from the first time we talked. It was more of an intellectual, conversational chemistry. By the time we had our first virtual dates, we were cracking lots of jokes. Johnny and I have a shared sense of humor, and I think that's what contributed to our initial chemistry, which is still very present in our relationship. Think about it. Shared sense of humor is one of the top qualities people look for in a partner, but sometimes that sense of humor doesn't come out until you're more comfortable with one another. So chemistry is good to look for and be open to, but don't write someone off if you don't feel it on the first date. Let's talk about how to build chemistry. I'm a huge fan of experiences. To build chemistry with someone, sitting across from one another with a drink is likely not going to do it, which again, it's why you need to diversify your activities on dates after you meet them for the first time. So think second and third date. Good experience dates will involve you doing something together where you're not relying only on each other for topics of conversation. I love the comedy show example. I mean, I think it's an amazing date and I love comedy, but here's why. You can talk about the comics between sets or after the show. It's great for people watching. Comedy shows are live and that means anything can happen. I've seen some crazy shit at comedy shows and that kind of stuff will bond you forever. Here are some other ideas, though, for experienced dates that will help you build chemistry. All right, we've got rock climbing or bouldering. Even if you've never done it before, it's nice when we can laugh at ourselves. Don't be afraid to be bad at something in front of your date. Also, pickleball. It's social. It's active. It's kind of low-key. It's something you can do and then grab a beer after. Great date idea. 
going to a museum or gallery. This is perfect if you're more of an introvert and find conversation draining, but there's still a lot to talk about because you can kind of move through a museum or gallery without constantly interacting and talking. Cooking together. So cooking together will open the door to conversations around family traditions, memories, food preferences, and so many other fun topics. You can also teach each other in the kitchen. You can try an escape room. I mean, there's nothing like solving a problem together to build chemistry or to find out you're a horrible match. You can check out a board game bar or arcade bar. And again, you don't have to drink at any of these things if you don't drink. But we love competition when building chemistry, especially like when you're playing a game you both love. You can teach each other games. This is a great venue for chemistry building. Go on a hike or bike ride. If you want something more low-key and less pressure, a hike or bike ride are great options to get outdoors and get your blood flowing together. See a concert or a storytelling show. Okay, if comedy is not your thing, take advantage of other types of live performances. I love concerts for early dating because you can really play with physical touch when you're standing in a crowd watching live music. Have a picnic. This is a cute date that's perfect for people watching and enjoying the outdoors without getting sweaty or going on a hike or anything like that. And finally, mini golf, bowling, go-karting, all of these rom-com type activities for sure help you build chemistry with someone. We can take inspiration from rom-coms and shows like The Bachelor as long as we remember that these shows are heavily produced and movies are literally scripted. So let's leave the sparks for the stories that entertain us. Honestly, even walking can be a good dynamic date to build chemistry on. It doesn't have to be expensive or take up the whole day. Just do whatever you can to break up the monotony of sitting across or next to each other having a drink or coffee. Other important aspects of building chemistry are flirting, asking questions, using playful touch, and letting your sense of humor shine. You don't have to wait for the chemistry to hit you. You can throw out a line and see how it's received, like make a joke or playfully touch them on the arm or ask a slightly nosy question and see if they match your energy or not. Chemistry is a two-way street, so when you're on a date, you have to make sure you're doing your part. It's okay if you're not an extrovert or if you're not super playful. There are still aspects of your personality that you can lead with, that you can play up to do your part in creating chemistry. So again, some ideas would be asking deeper questions. You know, I am a super curious and direct person. I love asking questions that might make my date a little uncomfortable or might surprise them. Another one is flirting. If you like flirting, don't shy away from it on dates. You can try flirting and see how it lands and you don't have to make it overly sexual. You can also use playful touch, right? An arm squeeze or a gentle nudge, or maybe you touch their hand when you're talking, as long as it feels natural, of course, and you're reading the room. Don't force it with a touch, right? And finally, you can let your sense of humor shine. Either they will get at your jokes or they won't. I have a very dry and sometimes silly sense of humor, and so does Johnny, which is why we work together very well. But I went on dates where I made jokes that didn't land at all, and that's okay. Again, this is about doing your part of building chemistry. So one question you might have is how many dates should you give it with someone to let the chemistry build and develop or the, and also the attraction? Well, I think chemistry can take a while, at least three dates to build sometimes, especially if you're dating someone who's more shy or just takes a little longer to get to know, or maybe you're the more shy one who takes more time to open up and that's fine. When we're talking about physical attraction and desire, I think three dates is enough. So here's my little cheat code for you. If you feel like there is attraction and compatibility by date three, but chemistry is lacking, keep going. If you feel like there's compatibility and no attraction or chemistry by date three, stop it there. If you only have chemistry and attraction, but no compatibility, well, it kind of depends on your deal breakers and dating intentions. If you run into a deal breaker by date three, end it there. 
if you need more information on compatibility, it could be worth a few more dates and discussions. I hope that makes sense. I also want want to remind you that none of these are rules. You can do whatever you want. You can go on as many or as few dates as you want. This advice is just to help you build connections in early dating that lead to a longer-term relationship and to help you stay open even if the chemistry is lacking a little bit on the first few dates because it can grow. Let's talk about compatibility for a quick sec. It's really important. I have this Instagram post where I talk about how chemistry is like the gas, right? And compatibility is the car. You need both in a relationship for it to go. Because if the car is falling apart, if the compatibility isn't there, not enough gas or chemistry in the world will make it last. And if the car is amazing, right? You're very compatible, but there's no gas or there's no chemistry, it won't go anywhere. Unfortunately, chemistry alone is not going to make a relationship last, so you need to focus on both. If you want to learn more about compatibility, I recommend listening to my episode on how to tell someone is a good match, which is episode number 27. And you can check out my course on how to identify your needs, which focuses heavily on how to figure out who is compatible with you. You can get instant access to that in my bio link on Instagram at dating.intentionally. The course will take you less than an hour to do, and there's a lot of exercises and prompts for you to reflect on. I know I just threw a lot at you, so let's just recap the three main takeaways here. One, stop chasing the spark. It's okay if you feel the spark, but not feeling it is not a deal breaker or a red flag. While you do need to feel attraction with the person you are in a relationship with, you don't need to feel the spark early on to have a great long-term relationship. Be open to more dates with someone early on if you're on the fence because sometimes repeated exposure can help boost attraction. Of course, only keep dating someone if you enjoy your time with them and there are no major deal breakers. And the third one, chemistry is part of your connection with someone that you can build. So make sure you're doing your part in actually giving the opportunity for chemistry to develop by showing interest, enjoying different types of dates, and giving it a chance to grow. I hope this helps you on your search for an amazing connection, and I want you to know that you're doing great. Thank you for listening. I love it if you share this episode with someone who's navigating dating and might need a little confidence boost or some tough love. If any of these episodes have helped you in your journey, you can help me by leaving a stunning review on Apple or giving Dating Tentionally five stars on Spotify. I'd really appreciate it. Once again, I'm Talia. This has been Dating Intentionally, and I'll catch you next time.